Let's try this again. <laughs> if this doesn't work, I'll get my phone out. But um, let's see no, if I, yeah, just decline that. Let's see if this works. Let's see if anybody can hear me. Now that I've gone live a second time, um, I'm hoping that it does. But I'm not. Sound is good, Matt Klein. Thank you, thank you, Matt, for letting me know. Okay. Your producer is losing it. Yeah, you know why? You know why the problem? Martha's not here. My my uh, producer is still out Let's of town. Try this again. Okay, turn that down. Okay. Okay. Very good. Hey. Now, some of you are going, hey, we tuned in and I couldn't hear him. So we, we went and watched the Rays again. But um, thanks for jumping back on. Um, Matt says, good job, whatever you did. And the truth is, I'm not sure what I did. That's how I fix computers. I turn them off and turn it back on and see if it works. But good. We're going to jump right in because it's uh, 7.05 already. We're already running behind. And... Uh, yeah, the, the 40 people that were with me a minute ago are, are gone now, I guess, but um, that's okay. Hey, I do want to thank, before I get started, I really do want to thank Dave and Daryl for filling in and teaching the class in um, the last two weeks. It was, uh, it was a lot of fun for me to be on that side of the camera for a couple of weeks and just uh, get to sit and enjoy their teaching, so... Uh, Appreciate that from Dave and Daryl. I told you in my announcement that tonight we were going to be talking about um, peacemakers. And my warm-up question was, fill in the blank, happiness is. And I want you to comment how you would fill in that blank. Happiness is. Um, I got a text this afternoon from Daryl Berry. He said, happiness is a choice. Daryl, you're exactly right. Uh, you're you're kind of getting ahead of me a little bit, but fill in the blank. Happiness is blank. And it probably changes as your different life stages or, or maybe different times of the day. I don't know. But happiness is. Um, Nothing. I, um, I, I Googled that. Um, I Googled happiness is. And let me share with you a couple of things that I got. And a lot of these, I don't think is what you'll be saying. Happiness is sitting quietly with a cup of tea. Happiness is wearing a sweater that reminds you of your mom. If I were to tell Martha her sweater reminded me of her mom, she would not be happy. Um, happiness is finding that song, that perfect song. Happiness is our 3 a.m. conversations. Again, don't call me at 3 a.m. I won't be happy. Um, here you go. Happiness is being married to your best friend. Okay, I'll get behind that one. Um, happiness is ignoring irritating people. But isn't that the definition of irritating people? They can't be ignored? No. Sure. Okay. Um, happiness is coming home to big smiles after a hard day's work. Good. Happiness is not having to set the alarm for the next day. Got it. Happiness is learning a new language. <laughs> we. And happiness is eating whatever I want and not putting on weight 
And if you've got that figured out, let me know. But my question was, what would make you happy? Happiness is, did anybody say anything, Will? Martha's still out of town, by the way. Um, so Will's filling in. That's why we couldn't have any sound the first time. This is why this is take two, I think. Because Martha is very more. Because Martha is so technologically <laughs> acute and savvy. Yeah. Dave Vaughn, happiness is unlimited bacon. Unlimited bacon. Okay. Angie is sleep. Sleep. Sounds like it's spoken as a true um, mother of a baby. Miss Rodriguez, Irene Rodriguez, happiness is a decision. Decision. There you go. Jackie Hudson says sunsets. Sunsets. I'm with you, Jackie Hudson. And BJ Lickman said happiness is peace in the home. Peace in the home. And a peace emoji. Peace. Ooh, hey. Nicely done. Okay. Happiness. We're going to talk a little bit about happiness, uh, sort of. I'm going to morph into something else here. But you think about what would make me happy. Um, would a bigger car make you happy? Would a nicer house make you happy? A nicer car? Better wardrobe? I don't know. Would you be happy if you were happier if you were thinner? Or younger? Or more athletic? Would you be happier if you had a boyfriend or a girlfriend? Would you be happy if you had a husband or a wife? Would you be happy if you had a different husband or a wife? Um, now, what are the things that make you happy? Because that's kind of what our culture tells us. Our culture tells us, our culture tells us that happiness is just so close. It's the next thing. You know, if I just had a little bit more, all I need is a little bit more and I'll be happy. But is that really biblical? I, I told you that I, you know, I, I looked up stuff on the internet. The internet's a great thing, great way to um, waste time. But I, I, I tried to find a more serious list of things that would make us happy. And actually, one of the best lists I found uh, right towards the top of my Google search, I thought, you know, that's that's got a lot of good suggestions for being happy. And as I read through them, I started to realize, wait a minute, Jesus does all of these things. Let me share with you this list. I, I, I promise you, I took this right off of a Google search, uh, things that will make you happy. Go outside and meditate. Oh, Jesus did that, right? Matthew 14, 23, after he dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone. Jesus went outside to meditate, spend time alone in prayer with the Father. Here's another uh, strategy for being happy. Set specific goals that you can achieve. Again, that's what Jesus did. John 6, 38, for I've come from down from heaven not to do my will, but the will of the Father who sent me. I came here for a purpose. And then on the cross, he says, it's finished. He set a goal, he accomplished his goal. Uh, number three, a way to be happy, volunteer. Jesus is like the, 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 the ultimate volunteerer, right? Um, Mark 10, 45, son of man did not come to, 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 serve, but to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. Um, number four on that list, make time for friends. Man, Jesus certainly made time for his friends. John 15, 15, I no longer call you servants because a master doesn't confide in his servants. Now I call you my friends. 
Yeah. Um, number five way to be happy. Don't hold a grudge. Did Jesus say anything about forgiveness? Well, how many times should I forgive someone? 70 times seven, you know, as often as they need forgiven you know, on the cross, forgive them for they don't want to do it now. Number six, ways to be happy, get your hands dirty. Did Jesus ever get his hands dirty? And I assume this list meant literally the guy who made up the list or the woman who made up the list. So Mark 6, 2, isn't this the carpenter? And Jesus got his hands dirty. And then the last one on the list, and, and I promise you, I did not edit this list at all. The last thing on the list was eat lunch on the beach, which I don't know that that would make me happy. Middle of the day, eat lunch on the beach in the sand. But John 21, right? Jesus has lunch on the beach, you know, the fish fry uh, with, the, with his apostles after the, the big catch of fish. So, yeah, um, follow Jesus and you'll be happy. But there's more. You know, that's that's just kind of our warm up here. Um, what does Jesus say about happiness? If you saw my uh, announcement tonight, I told you we were going to be in the Beatitudes. Uh, I know we were there a couple weeks ago, but I want to go back and just look at one Beatitude specifically. And that's Matthew 5, verse 9. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they should be called sons of God. Um, I think right now, we probably need some more peacemakers in the world. And I want to say this up front, in all honesty, I was working on this lesson and I knew I was going to talk about this subject before the debate last night. Okay. That's not what triggered this conversation, but I do want to talk about blessed are the peacemakers because the Bible has a lot to say about peace over 400 times in scripture. Um, the Bible talks about peace. God is referred to as a God of peace. Jesus, of course, is referred to as the Prince of Peace. In Galatians chapter 5, when Paul is listing the fruits of the Spirit, the things that you're going to, uh, the characteristics of a Spirit-filled and a Spirit-led life, it's peace, or it's love, joy, and peace are the results of a Spirit-filled and a Spirit-led life. Um, so in Matthew chapter 5, uh, Jesus is beginning the Sermon on the Mount, and I mentioned a couple of weeks ago the Beatitude is sort of his introduction. It's it's beautifully spoken. It, it's brilliantly uh, delivered, uh, really deep stuff. But in it, he gets people's attention. And I don't have to tell you that some translations uh, translate some of those verses instead of blessed as happy. And I've got a translation sitting on my desk right now. It says, verse 9, uh, happy are the peacemakers, because they will be called sons of God. When Jesus said that, when Jesus said, listen, I've, I've got a way for you to be happy, do you think people wanted to hear that? I'm sure they did. I mean, they were there listening to Jesus anyway. But everybody wants to hear how to be happy, Right. If someone said, I've got a way for you to be happy, you'd have my, you'd have my attention. Um, blessed are the peacemakers, for they should be called sons of God. But the world doesn't tell us that. That's not the message of the world. The, the world's message isn't, you know, just be a peacemaker. The world's message is stand up for yourself, be loud, be, be, uh, take charge of things, 
you know, women stand up for yourselves. Guys, we don't want fixers. We want fighters. You know, the heroes in movies, uh, they're not peacemakers. You know, all the action he, action movie heroes, they're not peacemakers. They're, you know, they're, they're headbangers. They're, uh, they're big and bad, never been had. Um, but Jesus comes along and says, you can be happy. You can be blessed if you're a peacemaker. In fact, Jesus says, if you're a peacemaker, you're going to be called the son of God, sons of God. And we say, wait a minute, isn't everybody a child of God? And that's true. Everyone is a child of God. But in the Hebrew language, when they used that phrase, the son of, it was a way of saying that that person had the characteristics of whoever they're referring to or whatever they're referring to. Remember James and John are called the sons of thunder because they possess the characteristics of that. That was kind of their DNA. That's kind of, you know, what defined them. So when Jesus says, blessed are the peacemakers because they will be called sons of God, what he's really saying is because you're going to share some characteristics of God because you're going to, you're going to be like God. Um, and again, boy, do we need this message? And do we need to be reminded of the need to, to be a, a peacemaker? Um, but I think sometimes, and I ask the question when I put my uh, ad out there, my announcement, are we really peacemakers? Because I think sometimes, even us Christians, I think sometimes it's easy to be a peace faker. You know, what you see is not always what you get. We want to look one way, but that's not really how we are. And that's not really where our heart is. There's a little bit of bait and switch going on. I was driving and I was behind a, an older car with a bumper sticker on it. And the bumper sticker said, I wish God had made me rich instead of so good looking. And I thought, I want to see who's driving this car. I want to see who has the nerve to put that on their car. So I get up beside the car. It, it's a guy driving it. And I looked over and I thought, okay, either that's not your car or you've got a really strange sense of humor. But, you know, sometimes we, we, uh, we want to be peace fakers. We don't want to admit reality. We don't want to deal with the truth. And I think a lot of times we're guilty of that. I don't really want to face the reality of what's going on in my marriage. I don't really want to deal with what's happening with my kids, my family, you know, whether it's a, an addiction or a sin that I struggle with. I just, I'm just going to act like everything's okay. I'm going to act like everything's fine. But in my heart of hearts, I know that everything's not fine. Now, we really need to take a, a spiritual inventory uh, from time to time and just be really honest with ourselves. You know, am I a peacemaker or, or am I kind of faking it? Uh, listen to what Paul says in Galatians chapter 6, verse 3. If anyone thinks he's something when he's nothing, he deceives himself. And then he'll say it again in Titus chapter 1, verse 16. They claim to know God, but their actions deny him. They are detestable, disobedient, and unfit for doing anything good. That is pretty harsh language that Paul uses. They claim to know God, but their actions deny him. 
Paul's talking about people who want everyone to think that they're in a great place with God. Them and God, you know, they're, they're, they're great. They're tight. They're good. But then Paul says they're detestable, disobedient, unfit for doing anything good. They're not sons of God. They're not, they're not showing the characteristic of God. They're not peacemakers. They're peace fakers. Or maybe it's not a peace faker. Maybe it's a peace taker. You ever been around people who just kind of seem to suck the life out of everybody they're around? They're negative, they're cynical. Maybe they're just kind of mean people. If you're thinking, no, I've never been around those kind of people, you know, maybe it's you. <laughs> but uh, think about those people that uh, just, it, it's all about me. I don't care about you. I don't care about uh, anyone. It's just all about me. I love the quote of um, Winston Churchill when Lady Ashton told him, if you were my husband, I'd poison your tea. And his famous retort was, if you were my wife, I'd drink it. You know, some people are just very difficult to, to be around. Some people are just really difficult to get along with. Uh, peace takers. They're no fun to be around. Uh, people who are selfish, conceited, maybe arrogant. People who put others down. Again, I, I think we need to do an honest spiritual assessment. How am I acting towards other people? Am I actually taking other people's peace? Listen to what Paul says in 2 Timothy. He's talking to Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 2. Paul is actually going to tell, say, stay away from those peace takers. Listen to what he says, 2 Timothy 3, 2. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money. He goes in one of his famous lists. Boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without control, brutal, not lovers of the good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of good. And then this is what he says. He has that list. He says, they're going to have a form of godliness, but deny its power, have nothing to do with them. Paul's telling Timothy, there are going to be people who, and then he goes through this list of their characteristics. And he says, they're going to, they're going to have some something about them that sort of reminds you of God. And they're going to try to let you believe and try to convince you that them and God are okay and, and there's a godliness about them. But they have completely missed it. They have completely missed the power. Uh, they deny it. So Paul's instruction to Timothy is just stay away from them. Just stay away from those peace takers. Um, and again, the inventory. Do I build people up or do I tear them down? Um, am I any of those things that Paul just said? Boastful, proud, abusive, ungrateful? Uh, no, Paul says if you're any of those things, you're not a peacemaker. You're a peacetaker. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are the peacemakers. I think as several of you said that happiness is a choice. Happiness is a decision. Um, I think being a peacemaker is a choice. And it's a decision. It's a decision that we make. And then again, we trust the Holy Spirit, like Paul writes about in Galatians 5, to amplify that in our lives. But I don't know that we're born peacemakers. You know, most little kids are 
pretty selfish. Uh, they're thinking about what they have and what they want. And if, uh, you know, if they can get their hands on it, it's theirs. Uh, I don't know that it's our nature to be a peacemaker, um, troublemaker. That's, that's maybe what our nature is. But Jesus doesn't say, blessed are the peace takers. And in fact, he doesn't even say, blessed are the peace lovers. Because everybody loves peace on an intellectual level, right? We all would vote for peace. He doesn't say, blessed are the peacekeepers. Now, keeping the peace is a pretty hard thing to do. Again, if you watched the debate last night, keeping the peace is a pretty hard thing even for a professional to do in that kind of setting. Um, I did a little bit of research on this. In the history of the world, 8% of the time the world has been at peace. 92% of the time in, in the world's written known history, there's been some kind of war going on. There's been unrest because you know, peace treaties are made to be broken. We know that. And let me just kind of start to wrap up um, by tying a couple of things together. This idea of peace, biblical peace. Uh, you need to understand and remember, I know you know this, but you need to remember it's not unconditional. Now, we talk about God's unconditional love, but the peace of God, it is not unconditional. There are conditions uh, involved. Um, Jesus, you know, the Prince of Peace, uh, says himself in Matthew chapter 10, 34, Do not suppose that I have come to bring peace to the earth. I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. Even the Prince of Peace, you know, didn't get along with everyone. Um, but I, I say it's conditional. Here's the condition of peace in Scripture. In Scripture, peace is not just the absence of conflict. When the Bible talks about peace, you've got you've to tie in the presence of holiness and righteousness. Biblical peace isn't just, okay, we're all going to, you know, socially distance and we're not going to have anything to do with each other. And that way, um, you know, if we stay in different rooms, there'll be peace. Now, the biblical idea of peace isn't just the absence of conflict. It's also the inclusion of righteousness and holiness. Listen to what James says in James 3, verse 17. But the wisdom that comes from heaven is, first of all, pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy, good fruit, impartial, and sincere. If you're those things, James says you're a peacemaker. Uh, and then Hebrews chapter 12, verse 14. Make every effort to live in peace with all men, but he doesn't stop there. Make every effort to live in peace with all men and, if you know that verse, be holy. You've got to combine this effort to live in peace with holiness. Uh, and then, of course, Psalms 85.10 tells us, Love and faithfulness meet together. Righteousness and peace kiss each other. Kind of an interesting way to, to combine those thoughts. Love and faithfulness meet together. Righteousness and peace kiss each other. Just like you can't be faithful and not be loving. You can't be a peacemaker and not be uh, uh, righteous. Peace isn't just getting along with everybody, which is important. But it's an attitude. It's an attitude. It's a decision. 
Uh, but it's a decision that promotes righteousness and purity. I mean, if you're going to be called a son of God, you're going to exhibit the character of God and holiness and righteousness have to be kind of the backbone of our peacemaking efforts. Um, and you know, that's a whole lot of talking and a whole lot of uh, verses basically to say, if we're going to be peacemakers, we're going to have to be like Jesus. If you boil it all down, if we're going to do what Jesus tells us to do, then we're going to have to treat people like Jesus treated people. And if we're going to try to make peace in situations, then we're going to have to do it in the same way, in the same manner that, that Jesus went about it. Not just about getting along with everyone. Um, in fact, again, you think about it, Jesus didn't get along with everyone. In fact, there was a pretty large group of people that were so angry with him, they nailed him on a cross one day. Um, but he dealt with people with a pure heart. And he dealt with people in a loving attitude. Uh, so, let me wrap it up. Uh, blessed are the peacemakers. I think what Jesus is saying is those people who, who put a real premium on holiness and righteousness. And what I'm trying to say is those people that, that are trying to live like Jesus. You're trying to see a situation, you know, there, there's conflict. Maybe it's at work. Maybe it's in the family. Maybe it's in a marriage. There's conflict. Okay, how would a son of God handle that? You know, how would the son of God handle that? And then how can I be a son of God and be a peacemaker and show some of the characteristics of, of God? Um, well, if I'm focused on holiness and righteousness, then I, I can be a son of God and I can show people the love of Jesus. Um, blessed are the peacemakers. They'll be called the sons of God. Um, okay. Uh, thank you for staying with me tonight. Um, producer, my son Will's producing tonight. Martha's still out of town. Anything mentioned that I... Uh... No prayer requests mentioned. Um, I've got several keep, uh, I've got several prayer issues. I'm going to have a prayer in just a minute, and i got some important You probably uh, have this on there, but this was kind of mentioned, just how she was feeling as a chance for you. Okay, yeah, I do. Um, very good. Um, in fact, let me just mention a couple people and families and situations that we really need to be praying for. We'll just mention uh, Jan Sweeney. Um, Jan lost her son, Bruce Burnham, uh, to cancer uh, just a few days ago. And we want to keep Jan and really the whole Burnham family in our prayers. Jan's actually going to be traveling to Ohio tomorrow uh, to attend a wedding of a great-grandson. And there will be a private family memorial for Bruce. And Jan wanted, uh, wanted me to thank everybody for the cards and the prayers and the calls and the texts. But uh, let's be sure those don't stop. Let's, let's show her and her family a lot of love in a very difficult time. A uh, couple of other prayer requests that I'm going to make you aware of. Um, we need to be sure and be praying for George Klein. George saw a specialist this week who has ordered some more tests so that process is continuing but we want to be praying that, uh, that they find out what the issues are there with George and that it's something that can be handled. Um, the niece of Wanda Daniels and Sandra Bush, uh, a young lady by the name of Anitra Mathis, uh, passed away uh, this week of a massive heart attack, 43 years old. 
He was behind a husband, three kids. So we want to be praying for the Mathis family and, of course, the, for Wanda and Sandra as they grieve the loss of that uh, family member. Uh, I want to keep Gary Lambrick in our prayers. Gary is home, um, uh, getting stronger, I hope. Hope you are, Gary. But uh, praying for Gary to, to keep uh, recuperating and getting stronger. Also, um, keep David Harkins in your prayers as he tries to get stronger. Uh, George Barlow has asked us to pray for a cousin of his named Russ Myers, who's in the hospital with COVID-19. Uh, Roxanne Goldburn's niece passed away from COVID-19. So just a lot of a lot of needs in the family and a lot of reasons to be in prayer. So uh, let's go ahead and go to God in prayer. And then I've got just an announcement or two to make before we sign off. Father, I'm so thankful that in times of confusion and, and upheaval and, and, and times that seems like we're living in the middle of, that uh, you offer peace. And I pray that, Father, you can give us a, a peace in our own hearts, but also help us to be peacemakers and help us to show and exhibit the love and the will of Christ as we deal with people in uh, sometimes very difficult situations. And would you allow us to, uh, to be people who make a difference because we show people Jesus. Uh, Father, I just mentioned several names and several families who need your intervention in a very special way. And I pray that you would be involved in those situations, whether it's comfort, whether it's healing, whether it's protection, peace, I pray that you would do what only you can do. And, uh, and I pray that these families that we love uh, can feel uh, your love in their lives. Uh, thank you for all the ways that you have protected us, for all the ways that times that you have forgiven us. And I pray, Father, that as we go through this week, that we will be more and more like Jesus. It's in his name that I pray. Amen. Hey, real quick before we sign off, um, remember to sign up if you would like to attend worship in person this Sunday. We are asking that you do that uh, by tomorrow, uh, tomorrow noon or afternoon or something like that. There is a link on the website. I think there's a link on just about every social media outlet that we have on how to do that. You probably got an email if your uh, email is in our database about how to do that as well, but it really helps if it, you can do it in a heartbeat. Uh, just click on that link, sign up, and we know how many to prepare for, and uh, no, we don't want to turn anyone away, but we want to be ready, and so, uh, and if you do that by Thursday, then on the weekends, people get in there and get things ready, so thanks for doing that. Um, you uh, Faith Lane kids and parents of Faith Lane kids, be sure and go on the Bay Area Kids page on Facebook and keep up with all the updates that Angie is putting out. I know she just put a video out uh, just a few minutes ago about the stuff that's coming up in October. It sounds really fun and exciting and a little bit different. So you need to keep up with what's going on. If you're not connected with that on somehow, get in touch with Angie and, and she'll get you and your kids all hooked into this uh, just trying to stay connected um, uh, virtually, I guess. And then I'll go ahead and put a quick plug in for October 24th. Um, 
We're not going to be able to do a fall festival this year, obviously, because of the situation that we're in. But uh, Angie and Robbie are planning another drive-in movie plus. Um, I don't even know too many of the details, but I know that if there's going to be another drive-in movie. It's going to be cooler weather. It's going to be um, dark earlier. And they've got other, a lot of other fun things kind of percolating on um, some activities on that's October the 24th. So uh, and then Robbie's always got stuff going on with the youth group. Check out uh, the youth group page and uh, he does a great job at keeping everybody involved and informed. So hope to see some of you there Sunday for in-person worship. Again, if you're not comfortable with that, watch us online. Uh, that's why we're doing it. And uh, it's probably the, the best place for a lot of us to be is online until things get just a little bit safer. So uh, I will sign off for now and I will see you Sunday. Thanks for sticking with me after all the problems tonight. <laughs>